Hey girl, welcome to Kinsco World, the online playground for boss babe entrepreneurs like you. Here in this realm, we're all about bringing your dream business to life. Let's get to it. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. I have Lindsay and Courtney of Grey Bandit, and I'm so excited to have them come and tell you guys about this empire that they're building. So hi guys, thank you for coming. Thanks Hi, for having us. You. Yes, thank you for having us. <laughs> of course. I wish it was in real life. I wish this wasn't like over the internet and that we were just hanging out. Oh, me too. Well, we'll be in Utah soon. Yeah, we're Good. coming in 2019, so get ready. We'll do, we'll do a podcast interview times two then. Part yeah. two. <laughs> okay, so just start and like kind of tell everybody who's listening a little bit about you. Um, I don't think everybody knows that like you guys are two of three of a triplet trio. So just tell, tell the deets about Lindsay and Courtney. So, so it's Lindsay speaking. Um, so yeah, so we're triplets. It's two girls and a boy. My sister is Courtney and our brother is Robert. He does all the behind the scenes work that you guys don't ever see, but he does all of our fulfillment and warehousing and yeah. So we're 23 years old and we launched Grey Bandit in August 26th. 2017 when we were 22 so we were just out of college and I think the three of us yeah we've always known we wanted to do something ourselves our mom's an entrepreneur and so we get that from her we've tried selling things since we were probably like <laughs> eight years old and we've like my sister and I always talked about doing a boutique we tried like selling shirts in eighth grade and studying shorts in ninth grade we always tried to do something like this so yeah, it's cool to go into business with your siblings, although it can be tough. Um, yeah. It's definitely exciting. Is there ever times that you guys are like hating each other? <laughs> um, yeah, probably once a day. <laughs> no, we love each other, but just we all bring something different to the table. And so sometimes we'll butt heads, but that's what makes our business work so well is because we all have these all different types of opinions, but we're all like have the same goal and we can all bounce off ideas. And Yeah. So what would you guys say that like you individually bring? Like what, how, cause I feel like you three together have made this like deadly trio that's about to take on the world and so like what are the strengths you think that you each bring that like complement each other well for me it's Courtney speaking <laughs> I honestly think my expertise of my knowledge of social media is what I bring to the table because that's how I grew our following is by understanding exactly who our market is and exactly who our audience is and really understanding customer because I am the customer or I was the customer a couple of years ago too. So really understanding that and putting my, bringing my knowledge of IT and social media and just yeah, you're super taking Grey Bandit to the next step that maybe Lindsay and Robert couldn't do. Right. Like I would, yeah. And Courtney's definitely extremely innovative, always has been. Um, I would say for me, I'm, I'm such a people person. So I'm basically the contact. I'm always talking to wholesalers, researching, like how, figuring out how to better our business. What are the like next steps that we need to take? I love doing the buying for Grey Bandit. Um, trade shows are definitely my forte for sure. And as we've grown, yeah, definitely like learning more about the back end on Excel sheets and things like that, things that people don't really see um, in a business, but that are super crucial to being successful, especially with goals that we have in mind to reach. And then Robert, although he's not with us on here, um, he's always been super organized, super helpful, very handy. He's always been the handyman. And so having him do all of our fulfillment is something that we are super, super grateful for and something that takes a lot of time and effort and organization that we don't necessarily have the time for. So I feel like together, it really, really works. Yeah. It's like awesome that there's, I mean, a lot of times people start it with just one person. So the fact that you have three of you and that you have like such unique things that you're bringing is amazing. So do you have any other people on your team right now or is it just you three? 
So yeah, so we actually just hired one of our best friends from, for, she's been our best friend for like 10 years now. Um, we hired her in September, which is a huge milestone for us because that proves to us that we're actually doing something right yeah. um, and are in the place where we can hire someone. So her name is Diana and she is the one that is responding to, does all of our customer, customer service, a lot of the behind the scenes work um, with social media, on our stories. She's been talking to you guys. So she is the voice behind all of our emails. And we couldn't be happier to have her. We feel very, very lucky. Um, to was, it, was it scary to like do that? I mean, how does it oh, like yeah. making these big investments in your business? How do you know when you're ready to do that? So I think, so for us, I mean, we were at the point where we, well, okay. So we actually just hired you um, about a <laughs> month before that. And that was, that was at the time we were like, okay, we need to catapult our business even further. Hiring someone like Kinsey would be perfect. She could help us with our branding, take our website to the next step and like really like show our brand through. But with Diana, we were like, okay, um, now we need help. And we don't know what to do. And it kind of just worked out where Diana was in between jobs at the time. And she kind of fills out the weaknesses that the three of us have, which I feel is super important if you want to grow. You should always be hiring to fill out your weaknesses, to offset those weaknesses that you do have. And I think if you want to grow, the only way to do so is investing in yourself. And that includes hiring a photographer when you need to, hiring a model when you need to, hiring extra help when you need to, extra hands, someone that can bounce ideas back and forth with you. And I think the way of do, the best way to do that is potentially by hiring someone. So yeah, you want to, the end focus is your business and you want to be able to focus on your business and do the things that you love, which is why you started it. And if you need help in other areas, I think taking the step to invest in your business and to get to hire help is super important in order yeah. to grow. If you're never going to necessarily be ready to do it and it's always going to seem like it's going to seem scary to hire somebody new and yeah. to spend the money on that. But we wouldn't be where we are now without hiring you as our contractor for branding and hiring Diana to help us with everything else that we do. Yeah. yeah is that I, oh, go ahead. No, it's, I think for a lot of people, they get worried about taking those steps to invest back into the business and to invest in themselves. But at the end of the day, over the course of a few months, you could see the significance that it has had on our business alone. So it's definitely a step I think many people don't take, but they should take. Yeah. And I feel like that's actually, cause you guys, and we're going to get into this and talk all about this, but you haven't been afraid to invest like in influencers and that has helped you grow to this place. So, and I think that's what has been a huge part of what's made you successful too, is just never being afraid to invest back in the business because you've had confidence that like you would succeed. Yes, for sure. And I think with influencers, it's definitely hard, but for us going into this business, when we, before we even started, we knew, okay, this is our audience. This is our girl. This is who our, our idea of, our girl who was buying from us and we knew exactly what we had in mind. And so when we were working with influencers, we picked our picked influencers that had the same target audience as us that were super relatable, super relatable people that, and also we didn't necessarily only pick our influencers. They, people have reached out to us to, um, sorry, people have reached out to us to work collab and when somebody's really interested that's also when that brings a lot of people to your page but I think taking risks and knowing okay well sometimes you have to take a risk and sometimes you fail but then you learn a lot and if you don't take the risk then you won't know and you can't move forward but taking that risk with influencers has been a huge part of what has made us grow and where and has brought us to where we are today yeah yeah so oh sorry I was just gonna say start from like the beginning beginning like when you decided tell the story of how everything got started and kind of the first influencers you worked with and how you started growing that brand because it's crazy I mean you're at over 60,000 followers and you just barely passed the year mark like most people would die for that type of influence already, you know? So kind of tell how you started and how you, who were the first influencers you started working with? Yeah. So 
Uh, so during senior year of college, I wrote a business plan for Grey Bandit and my, and Courtney was making a website for it for one of her classes. And we had a seller's permit um, like a year before that, not knowing if we we're actually gonna even push forward with this. And then when we graduated, we were like, okay, what are we gonna do? And so with, like, we met a few people throughout our careers at school that influenced us to want and pushed us to want to do this, mentors, peers. And so when I got home in July, we were like, okay, let's just do this. Like the worst thing that happens is we fail. And if we fail, we fail with experience under our belt. So it's really not a failure. And yeah. so we were like, okay, let's get a site up. And once we launched, it was nowhere near where we wanted it to be, but we just had to do it. So we said, okay, like, let's just launch and we'll search through our feed, our explore page and see like people that we think are relatable um, and would fit our brand well. And that would also like what we're selling because there's no point in having someone represent your brand if they're not actually interested in your brand, wouldn't actually be a, buy or a customer of our brand. And so, yeah, eventually we, we started just reaching out to regular girls like you and me and, and Courtney, and they didn't necessarily have huge followings. Um, but we reached out to them, said, Hey, um, like we're a gray bandit. We're a new store. Like we love if Like you can look at our page. And from that, like we made so many connections with like a bunch of different influencers or at the time, I guess a year ago to this date, the game of social media has changed a lot. But mm -hmm. at the time they were just girls. They had like 10,000 followers, even 5,000 followers, 50,000 followers. And those were the girls that I felt helped build our following as we went along. Yeah, well, something that I think that I noticed while I was in college that made me realize exactly how we were going to market Grey Bandit and get it out there was that when I was in college, I would always go through the Explore page and I followed girls that were from the big schools and I just wanted to know where they got their clothes from. And at that point, like, being an Instagram blogger or getting, posting about stores wasn't a big thing. It wasn't saturated. So I was like, oh, well, these girls are in college. They go out every weekend. They're constantly doing things and they're constantly taking cute pictures. And a lot of girls aspire to go out and be like that too. And they just look up to these girls because they're in the same, they're very relatable and they're in the same kind of I guess area, they're doing the same thing as them right now. They're in the same point part of life where they're both in college. And that's where I would find a lot of like, where I would try to find my inspiration for what I would wear to my next, to the next event that we were going to or whatever. So I figured, okay, well, if I'm doing that and a lot of my peers are probably doing the same thing, why don't we reach out to these girls that do have 10,000 followers, that are getting 1,000 likes. And even though that it's just 1,000 likes, it's a lot to us who just had 1,000 followers or less at the time. Mm -hmm. So we reached out to these girls that went to these big schools that kind of represented a lot of the girls there that a lot of people wanted, that Basically, a lot of people were looking to, that would be our buyer. And we we're like, hey, would you like to collab? Like, we'd love to have you post on our, your feed and whatever. And we just slowly started gaining a couple hundred followers here and there. And it adds up after over time and time again. And that kind of brings us to where we're, where we have 5,000 followers now and we kind of are more legitimate and we could reach out to a bigger named influencer and see how it goes. So we went from college girls, which we still use now and just regular people that are super helpful and that bring in or get like bring in sales and they're not paid. And then you, we worked our way up to big influencers cause we had the, like we were able to real, to see how it was working with a smaller person and grow that and learn from that and take our experience and apply it to yeah. working with bigger people. So what would you say is like, the difference between a small, the smaller influencers that you're not paying and the bigger influencers. Cause I think a lot of people, they don't have the chance to work with the bigger influencers. And so what is your experience like, like working with them and what's cool about it? What is maybe like kind of not the best situation about it? Well, I think when you're working with college age girls, like we are sometimes they're not necessarily re reliable, which is what we've learned 
we've had we've realized that we might have to have written agreements with these girls so that they know that we're sending them clothes in exchange for us a post with our tag or whatever mm-hmm. but if but what we've learned is that i mean what the difference is is when you don't have a lot of money and you're starting off and you don't want to spend the money on an influencer because you think it's very expensive reaching out to people or people reach out to you but reaching out to these micro bloggers you don't or these micro influencers you might not think oh well they only have a thousand followers only have a couple thousand followers that's not going to make a difference but it does it it really does and if you have a bunch of them posting about you it gets your name out there and yeah that's how we built our business for the first couple of months and we were still doing we were we were able to consistently do one at least one order a day by, which doesn't seem like a lot, but by November, we were consistently at least having one order a day just from just making, having influencers put these small posts and it doesn't seem like a lot, but we weren't having them. It wasn't like they were posting every single day. We had maybe one or two posts a week, but it all added up to getting to us being at 5,000 followers and from just having a, a girl with 3,000 followers post, we would gain maybe 100 or 150 followers from them. And those are all real people. It's not like a huge, it's like not a, a girl that has a big audience. It's somebody that they actually genuinely care what they're saying because most likely they're just some, if somebody's following them, they actually care. It's not just, oh, well, I'm just going to follow them because everybody else knows who they are. Yeah. And then when working with big influencers, you have, you go usually go through management and you have to talk to their manage their agency and it's a lot more complicated because you have to make sure that like you don't want to work with somebody that is just working with you just to get paid but rather somebody that actually really loves your brand and wants to represent it yeah and how do you reach out I mean when you're talking to these like littler influencers how do you get their attention because I think it's kind of a time now where a lot of brands probably are kind of understanding the like um, influence that micro influencers have. So do you follow them all along? Do you like how, what does that message look like? I mean, I know you said like when you were first starting out, it was like, look at our page, we're a new brand, but what tips would you give people who are just starting? When we first started out, we honestly had no idea. We went the more casual route. We went through Instagram because sometimes if people will email you. Maybe they won't go and look at our page. They might think it's a, it's spam. spam yeah. So we reach out, we reach out through DM because then they can go straight to our page. They can look at our, all of our pictures it's and they can tell right away. Like, do they like us or not? Like based off our page. Mm-hmm. And so we would DM them. Hi, we're um, an online clothing boutique. We'd love to collab with you. We're an online clothing boutique with a mission for mental health. And we'd kind of get in the lowdown. And if they answered, they'd be like, oh, I'd love to. Then we just let them know, hey, like we, we were new, but we'd love to send you a couple pieces in exchange for you to post on your story or end up and for you to post on your page. And something that as simple as that. And now that, now that um, we have a, a lot of that information on our site and we don't want to bombard people with the same generic message, we try to make it super casual. So we'll, we will literally just reach out and say, hey, we'd love to collab with some cute emojis just to make it super casual so they don't mm-hmm. feel like, it's so, it's so in their face. Like this is what yeah. we are. Then, if they are interested and they really we want to get to know us, we'll get to. We'll tell them more about it, right at, when they answer. And we'll be like, yeah. hey, this is yeah. exactly what we're hoping for. This is exactly yeah. who we are and what we stand for. And if you want to move along, like that would be yeah. great. And I think what's also helped is as we have grown, especially even after like the first four months we were in business, we having getting a lot of DMs from people. So it was easier because it was now people that really were reaching out to us that wanted to work with us. And so it made it easier for us to even continue to work with um, these smaller influencers because eventually they were coming to us. And so as we've grown in the last year, we've been lucky with the girls that have reached out to us. and that wouldn't have happened without starting with yeah. those micro influencers. And some advice is that if you're talking, if you're reaching out to influencers or if they're reaching out to you, always ask them to screenshot their insights. So who their audience is, because if you're a boutique like us, if most, if somebody reaches out and most of their audience is men, as is, is, is they have mostly a male audience or if they have a lot of male audience, it's not that as helpful for us just because our, our target is young, young ladies or like, 
people, age girl, ladies aged 15 to, I mean, it could range all the way up to 60 or 70 because a lot of people buy for themselves or for their kids or their granddaughters, but. Yeah, um, that's a really good idea. I had never heard of that. I didn't even know you guys did that to like screenshot the insights. That's Yeah, just to let us, just so we know and. Also, yeah, well, now I think Instagram is weeding it out, but you want to make sure that they're getting good engagement, that their followers are real and that they're not paying. A lot of people have paid for their followers, so they're not their fake followers or they paid for likes. And so how would you say you like tell that if you went to somebody's page? How would you tell if they're so usually we'll go to their page and we'll check their comments. And if they don't really have any comments or if they have random comments or most of their comments are men, then that's kind of a red flag. And then when we go, we'll go through the, we'll click on one of their likes and we'll see, we'll look through the users and make sure that they seem legitimate. A lot of times we'll see it. We'll see that there are just completely random with names and different languages no posts, and like no, no posts. And that's sort of a red flag because all, whenever people follow us, it's you, you're obviously going to have here and there some spam accounts, but all of our followers are just regular like girls oh. with regular names. Yeah. And when you have, when you see somebody's likes, we're are all random it's names kinda, it's with all random people with name, with names that are in different languages. That's well, that's kind of usually a red, red flag because yeah. Most of the time, that's not the case. That shouldn't be the case. I mean, everyone's going to have a few of those followers here and there. But not like most. Your whole entire list. And how many would you say, like, how many likes on a photo was worth it for you? When you first started, were most of your people, did they get, like, a thousand likes on a photo? Or did you work with people who even had a little bit less than that in the beginning? We work with, we were, well, even now we still work with people that have, like, a less, like, 500. We usually go for a little bit over 500. and and above because those people usually are still have people that are interested in what they're posting yeah but yeah 500 likes I, we had a lot of girls that had a couple thousand but we also had girls that just had a little bit under a thousand and it yeah. still worked out great we were still getting orders from that and it's just we, and it was also real relatable content yes and that and was we, important to us we even brand. started by reaching out to girls from my school from my college which was from Towson and now when people now I have girls that still go my friends that still go there and they tell me that people talk about Grey Bandit all the time and I don't even know these people but we just started with just my college community having girls that I knew that I reached out to and they all have under a thousand likes but your community and your friend groups and the people that you talk to are so like close and everybody care like everybody follows up with each other and everybody knows so it helped us because everybody was talking about it yeah yeah well and I'm sure it just like excites and motivates people who were your age when you started like the fact that you've built this fashion brand I mean you guys had you guys don't have a ton like are either of you have a ton of followers on your personal account or were you basically starting from zero we basically started from zero. I have, I think, 1,200 followers, and I think Lindsay I have, like, 900. Under, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's not like you guys were these, like, I think sometimes people think to start something big online, like, I have to already be kind of, like, insta-famous myself or whatever, and, like, you guys are proof that that's not the case. Yes. I've, a couple of girls have DM'd and like asked us how we got started and they were saying how they feel as though they're at a disadvantage because there's a lot of influencers that can start Start their own own brand, brand, but they have the following to start and you don't need that following. We had the account already and it only had, it had less, it had like a thousand followers and they were basically inactive. So I don't know if they really count, but we basically started it from scratch. And And the thing is, I didn't even on my own Instagram, when we launched, I didn't even post about it. Yeah, my, we my didn't own post about it on our own Instagrams, our own Facebook, because we didn't want to come off as we didn't want to be all talk. We had talked about doing this for so long, mm-hmm. and we were just ready to just go full at it. And if it worked out and people found out, then that's great. But we wanted to yeah. really just be humble and like, like make and like work our asses off. And then when it happened, yeah. if it happens to where it is now, then mm-hmm. then then it happened. But we didn't even post about it on our page. We just. Yeah. It was just all word of mouth through starting off very small. If you smart off small with a, if you have a bunch of small people, it's going to grow into something yeah. bigger and bigger. And it's more just like keep 
being consistent, like keeping on, like keep on trucking, keep on going because even with influencers, like yeah. they don't, they're following. Yes, they have it, but it might come about really quickly. And if you're not, they're not consistently posting and being consistent, it's not going to stick with them too. And yeah, well, and I feel like there's a lot of people think like, oh, these people have tons of followers. Like they're making so much money. They, a lot of these people that have even millions of followers don't have the work ethic to do what you guys have done. Like it's not as much the number you start with. I mean, from my outside perspective, I'm like, anybody could have been handed everything that you've done, but like the everyday showing up, doing what you're, I mean, in order a day now, it doesn't seem like very much, but back then, like that was awesome. It's, it's literally built from zero and like still showing up, even though it just was an order a day or whatever. Yes. I think that a lot of people think if you have a big following and you just start something, then it's People just basically going to run itself, but that's not how it works. And even if somebody, even if we were to stop today and we gave our account to somebody and we said, start a business, they wouldn't automatically be getting ever orders every single day because there's a lot of work and effort. If we don't post one day, there's, there's no saying that if we don't post and like let our followers know and stay consistent and constantly get content and send out emails, then there's no saying that we're going to get an order a day because it's not about like, it's not only about having the numbers, the followers, but it's actually about engaging with your audience and keeping consistent. People are going to forget about you. There's tons of people. There's tons of people. There's tons of new businesses popping up every day that are working hard. And if you're not working hard and putting your effort into it every single day, you're going to fall under the radar yeah. just because we have 60,000 followers. Doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that we could stop like that. Yeah. Doesn't, it, it's not like our business runs itself. We have to make content and we have to work very hard every single day to sustain and to keep going. And it doesn't start, stop here. Yeah. And yeah. to say, and you don't need to have 60,000 followers to be doing the volume of business that we're doing. I mean, you need to, if you, you don't need 60,000 followers to be, have a successful, consistent business. You need to have people, you need to constantly be engaged with your customers. You, need, you, you just need loyal, yeah. you need loyal followers that actually want to see you and not just are following you just because someone else, just because you're somebody else is making them, but you also need to create like a community around it. Yeah. And how, so tell a little bit about how, because now you're, doing more like photos of you guys but in the beginning you basically were relying on everybody else for your content which I think is sometimes empowering to people because maybe they aren't in, like comfortable in front of a camera maybe they don't like doing those things and the fact that you guys built a business just working with other people's lifestyle photography I mean you've always done like the stock photos and stuff but how would you say that has worked and like what has been hard about it what has worked really well because it's really fun to come look at your feed because you have like, it's literally a lifestyle. You're seeing all these like cute girls wearing these cute clothes, doing things. So like what prompted you to do that and to run your content strategy that way? Well, in college, I was just, we were just thinking about how every store that we follow and we love them, but every boutique that we follow, it's kind of just the same sort of pictures in the sense that it's very modely and we wanted something different. We wanted to, sh we wanted our feed to be mostly all lifestyle where people Just, where a picture would pop up and it would be like, Oh, that's a normal picture that I see on my feed every day with somebody in a cute yeah, outfit. And like I real, can see myself, put myself in that position right. and wear that same outfit. Like if somebody's going to a festival or something and they post a picture in a cute outfit and you're, and you're following, you're following them, you're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I can see myself wearing that outfit to my, this next event that I have. Yeah. And so we were, we were, thinking we just want to be different it doesn't your feed doesn't need to be this perfect thing you put want to together. put perfect put together every yeah. picture has to be the same or the same filter or whatever yeah. we wanted it to be more relatable and we exactly and we were really adamant about making sure it was like real people in real time just enjoying their life like, which is why we decided to just reach out to my college friends exactly. Lindsay's college friends just a bunch of people just to take pictures for us in the beginning because we weren't comfortable in front of the camera we didn't want people we didn't want we didn't even want people knowing yeah like, we didn't want okay. the attention for it yet because well, not for it yet, but we just weren't ready to put ourselves out there like that. Where we we wanted to be more on the back end of growing the business, yeah. and so we figured that we'll have our friends that love going out and taking pictures. A lot of people like when they go the out, they just like going at it. They like taking pictures while they're doing things, and we just figured, hey, while you're wearing, hey, while you're wearing our clothes, can you take some pictures? And that's kind of how we realized that this is how we want our content to be. It's we're obviously right. we're starting to get into creating our own content, and while we're out in the city, because we're 
we live in this in New York City. We'll go out and take pictures with each other, but we want it to be more like natural and not so okay we're gonna go here today and take this picture we want it to be oh we're going to soho well let's just wear a cute outfit and we're gonna take a pic we're gonna we'll take pictures while we're out yeah we're enjoying go our day like, well, yeah exactly and so i think we didn't when we first started we didn't know how how our feed was going to change or if it like how it was going um like what direction it was going in but the way we started and the way we are now it's it's honestly very similar and the reason we kept it that way is because people engaged with the photos really well and so we felt like that formula worked for our business and it also goes kind of I mean we have like the mental health initiative as well and that yeah. kind of with like the real people in real time just things and pictures that people can relate to and that was our biggest thing and so we didn't feel like we really needed to change it although we definitely made changes um but that formula has worked for us for you guys and I want to hear tell me more like about the mental health aspect of Grey Bandit about all the things that you're doing with that yes yeah, so so in my senior project I included a mental health initiative and it was inspired by Courtney I for it was so Courtney has anxiety and depression um and seeing what she went through and seeing what a lot of my other friends went through which I didn't even realize how big of a deal it was until I got to college I always wanted to do something where I felt like I was helping someone else. And so I figured that an online clothing boutique is the perfect platform to include a mental health initiative because for one, we, we rely on social media, but with social media comes a lot of negative connotations. And so if we can use some more like positive, um, affluences into our feed and into our website, maybe it can help someone. And we've opened our DMs um, and have allowed people in. And I've had conversations with girls at one in the morning talking to them. But that initiative was something I was really adamant about having because I felt like this platform is perfect to raise awareness for mental health and mental illness. We can donate proceeds towards, we, we uh, donate to NAMI, which is a national alliance on mental illness and the kind campaign, which is for bullying. And through that collection, it's some, it's wearable and it's positive. And I actually feel like we're making a difference in something that's really affected my family and my friends and in a really difficult way. And so right now, so we came out with the care collection, um, which is on our site. And those were designs that we've had from when we first launched and we're currently working on something a little bit more exciting that <laughs> we do have coming soon as Kinsey knows. Um, and it's going to be called, can I say, can I even, should I mention that now? I guess you can do it. You can do a little sneak peek. Yeah, It's a, okay. it's a Kinsco world exclusive that they get to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's going to be called the know your worth campaign. It's something I actually came up with how long ago now? I think back in like, April. Yeah, back in April. Um, and it's going to be for a very special shirt um, with a saying that means a lot to us and a lot of other women and men out there. Um, and so that will be coming probably towards the end of January now. Um, there were some delays, unfortunately. But it's something that we've been working on since April and it's been a long time coming. And I think that through this campaign, it's going to help a lot, hopefully um, help a lot of people to speak up and kind of um, destigmatize um, all the negativity that surrounds mental health and mental illness. Cause people are so afraid of that word in general. Mm -hmm. um, they're so afraid to talk about it. And so uh, with the know your worth campaign, we're hoping to, reverse the negative effects that society has created around the whole conversation. Yeah. And we're only a little over a year into this business. So we've had a lot of learning to do. And obviously we're not where we want to be yet in terms of our initiative. We hope to bring awareness in so many other ways. Yeah. Not, we don't, we don't only just want to be donating, but we right. want to actually create events where we speak out about it and maybe do assemblies at colleges and high schools right. and really impact these young ladies Women, yeah. or young people in general, all people and just 
let them know that it's a normal thing that people go through and it's okay and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to feel and it's okay to get help and there's nothing wrong with that and I think as we grow and as we move as we learn a lot in our business we're going to be able to bring that aspect into like make that aspect of even bigger part of what we're doing and even maybe have our own organization have our own organization where we're actually going out and and bringing the awareness ourselves and doing as much as we can and those have been some goals that we've been talking about for that end so there's so much more we want to do with it um but again we're only not that we're only 23, but there was so much figuring out that we had to do that we still have to do. Um, but we're super excited for the next steps that we. Yeah, I mean, just hearing that stuff like makes me so excited. Picturing, I want you guys like on a stage giving speeches because <laughs> you guys, you take it in such a different direction. I feel like than a lot of people because you're talking about these like heavy subjects with your brand and on social media, but it still feels so light and it feels more empowering. It's not like oh, we struggle with anxiety and depression. Like it doesn't draw you down. It's like, we struggle with these things. We know people who have struggled with these things, but look at what we're doing. Like yeah, exactly. it's, it's more of like a moving forward type thing instead of like, you know, anxiety sucks or whatever. Like you're giving them ways, I think too, to like move yeah. out of it. For someone that's deals that, that deals with it and knowing that when I was, a senior in high school and going to, in summer in college, I left my house three times because I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave my house because I was so anxious every day. And the one time, the couple times I did leave my house, I got sick being outside of my house due to anxiety attacks and just thinking like, I can't live my life and I don't know how all these people do it. And I don't know how, I don't understand how people on social media, how, how do they go out and do these things? Cause I was just in such a bad place and knowing that I can go from there and, being to where I am now, it's just, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And when you're dealing with it, when you're at the worst and when you're feeling your worst, because you just, you just, I didn't even get medicate, wasn't medicated. So until that summer, so I didn't even know I was dealing with it. Like my doctor was like, Oh, maybe you have anxiety. And I just had no idea. So once I was medicated, I, and I, I got medication and I, for my, and I was seeing a psychologist and I was getting help. I realized like, oh, I could have, if somebody would have talked about this sooner, mm-hmm. maybe I would have known that something might've been wrong in another aspect and I could have asked for help. And I had no idea what I was going through. And I thought that that was like the dark, a really dark part point and that there yeah. was like, I couldn't be the person I ever wanted to be because I couldn't get through this. You felt held back. Yeah. But sh- sharing my story and with, and encouraging other people to share their stories can help other people that are going through it to realize, okay, well, these people have been through it. And yeah, it's, there's always, it's always going to be up and down. It's going to be like a roller coaster. It's never going to be perfect, (laughs) but you're going, you're going to make it out and you can make it out and end up on the other side and do amazing things. And you're like, your life, this is only the beginning of your life. And there's so Mm -hmm. much, I think that's light at the end of the tunnel, even though you think that there's nothing. I think remembering like, it's just the beginning. Like there, you can, like, there's so, of course there's highs and lows, but there's so many amazing things to come and it's trying in those low moments to remember that, to remember that there is light and there's like so many more mountains to climb and to go down. And that it's okay to, to ask again. for help and that you're not yeah. weak and it's not, it shouldn't be seen as a weak sign to yeah. have to go to a psycho, see a psychologist or talk to a yeah, therapist exactly. or stuff like that, because that is what helped me. And I don't recommend everybody being put on medication, but if I didn't go and talk to somebody and figure out what I needed for myself, I don't know if I would have been able to get to college and actually even get to grow into the person I am. Yeah. And I think the other thing like with starting Grey Bandit and having the care collection, I remember when my sister was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, I was so naive. And I'm to this day, like I was still so angry at myself for being so naive. And I just, I hope that like through what we're doing, it changes that perspective and other people's minds that don't even deal with any type of um, mental illness, at least Mm -hmm. because I'm, I still look back and remember how naive I was and how ignorant I was towards the subject. Because if I would have just known how many people go through it and like how there's not as much control over it and that it's really okay not to be okay. I think that I could have been there for my sister a little bit more in like her deepest time in her darkest times. I hope that through, what we're doing, 
people will look at it in a way where they're like, oh, okay, wait, it's totally normal. Like, like one in five people deal with uh, or have a mental or go through mental illness or everyone struggles with mental health at some point in time. Um, and so I think with me being so naive, I was like, I'm never going to, I'm going to make sure that no one ever like in their life, I hope, um, looks at someone and says, well, like, you can't be like that, that you're just being dramatic type of thing. Because that was like one of the worst comments you can ever make to someone. Well, and I think people like, they don't real. I mean, how you said you didn't even realize, like if people have never heard these stories, if people don't have people in their lives who are like openly talking about it, I think that's what makes it so hard is people like, they're not trying to be malicious. If they say that they just don't understand. So I think that's, what's so powerful about you know, Courtney telling her story and Lindsay, you telling your story about like how you didn't know and using your platform for something that is besides just like selling these clothes, you're also using it in a way that is like making difference on like a huge scale. And I think that's so cool. And that's what brands, it feels like, like me personally, if I follow a brand and it seems like, oh, they're just selling me clothes. I'm like, see ya. Whereas you guys, first of all, you're selling a lifestyle, you're selling like these curated clothes, but you're also empowering people on the mental health side of it. And I think that is another reason why you've been so successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that we've strived to creating an uplifting community. Yeah, totally. And how a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, I like, I've always wanted to start a business, but I have really bad anxiety or really bad depression. How has that played out? Like as you've started your business, how has mental health either made it better or worse? Like what would your recommendations be to people who were maybe afraid to start a business because of their mental health? Well, I deal with my, with anxiety and depression. I mean, it comes in waves, but started, I mean, my anxiety was that it was really, really bad January of last year and January and February of last year where I would literally have anxiety attack just to go out. I mean, I couldn't, I like to go to leave my apartment, I would have an anxiety attack and feel sick to my stomach. And even, and, but you can't let that hold you back because if you're trying to start an e-commerce, if you're starting to start an e-commerce business, you can make your own hours. So, I mean, a lot of my anxiety, I I deal with a bad anxiety during the, the day. So maybe I just work around that and try to relax during the day those days and work at night. But it's just really just taking care of yourself and knowing that if you're that you should really have like stuff lined up for you that you're not I don't know how to explain basically like help yourself like if you need to be talking to somebody because that's going to help you get through these tough times starting a business like you're going like it's going to help having talking to a psychologist that doesn't really necessarily or a therapist that isn't necessarily into in your day-to-day life, but they can help you from an outside perspective. But for me, it's just learning to cope with it and cope with my feelings and getting it done, even though it, it is hard and you just got to push through those tough times. I mean, I, there are times where I feel like I can't do something go to a meeting or answer an email or because I'm not, I'm, it makes me anxious to do it, but you just got to push yourself and try to put put yourself out there because the only way for me, at least to get over it is just do it it and just, you can do it. And just, I don't know how to explain because I just feel like I, I, my anxiety and my depression kind of, and has taken a toll on some things, but, but I just tried to like put that energy. Okay. Well, I, maybe I can't get out of bed right now, but I'll get stuff done later when I'm feeling better and actually getting it done. And feeling inspired. Yeah. And feeling inspired, I guess. Yeah. So. And I think going into this business in general, um, there was that fear of failing. Of course, everyone probably experiences that experiences that, but I think knowing that if you keep going, like only good can come from that, no matter what it is. And I think that kind of is also like looking at everything in a more optimistic perspective. Um, I feel like has also helped you because you, sometimes you have to like take a step back, uh, take a step back and remember, okay, this is where we started. This is where I was once. And like, now I'm talking to all these different people and like, I can do this. And it's remembering, okay, well you started here and like today, this is where I am. And so I yeah, think, it's like looking at how far you've come. Yeah, and I think for, at least for Courtney, like 
making sure she, like even if she's having a bad day like knowing that later on in the day okay i'm going to be inspired i know i'm going to be inspired later let me put my full attention into this and my energy into this when i'm feeling inspired because that's when your work comes about your best work comes about like for yeah. sure like so it's almost like you don't like force if you're feeling that way like don't force yourself out of it just let it be and realize like you'll get out of it yeah and try not to have these expectations of yourself like okay like i need to get this i need to wake up at 7 a.m 8 9 a.m and get this stuff done right away i mean if you're having a bad day like your work isn't going to mean as much and you're not going to be able to put your best effort into it but it's just mostly about trying to take care of yourself the best uh, take care of yourself the best you can and a lot of people i think that probably um are entrepreneurs deal with they might deal with these anxiety or they might deal with any type of like mental illness that they have and they just learn to cope with them yeah but they're more you, you can more still do it you're more than capable of doing it it's just yeah. really doesn't it sound like what if every single day for the past since you guys had graduated you had to wake up and go to a job nine to five like wouldn't that be the worst that's what I always want to tell people is like yeah it sucks but I don't think I could do that you can make with my anxiety with the way that I feel with my anxiety is that I think that would make I wouldn't be able to that's why that's another reason why I always want to be an entrepreneur I wanted to be able to do things on my own time I mean as long as I'm getting it done and putting all my effort in I mean it doesn't it does it really matter if I'm getting it done at two in the morning or waking up at 9am when my anxiety is the worst and I'm not really in that mindset. Like, of course, if you have a a meeting and they have to meet you at that time, like, yeah, you're going to be able to do it for those couple of days, but waking up and going nine to five every day, I mean, that wouldn't really make me excited. You want to be able to do something that you want to feel inspired by what that you can wake up and be excited about and know that you're in charge of your own life and your own like business and your work and stuff like that. Totally. I love that. I feel like that's the thing with entrepreneurship is like, you can say you're in control of your life, but if you're still answering to somebody else, you're not 100% in control of your life. Yeah. And so when you're like running your own business and yeah, sometimes it might be hard, but like literally every single day you're getting to choose what you do. Okay. Well, I am leaving feeling absolutely inspired. I do have some questions I want to ask you guys at the end. First of all, think about like little eight-year-old Lindsay and Courtney. What do you think she, both of you would think if you saw yourself now? Eight-year-old Courtney would honestly think um, 23-year-old Courtney was the coolest person ever. (laughs) Honestly, when I was eight, I wouldn't wear dresses or skirts or anything. I wore a pantsuit to my brother's bar mitzvah that's and adorable are you serious i'm serious i, I wear dresses and i always thought they were cute like i always thought like i always thought heels and dresses were cute and like really cute and i always like thought like i yeah. always wanted to go shopping stuff like that but i still was like my little tomboy but i would have thought i was so cool like i would have been probably a little intimidated by myself because all adults were intimidating and i wanted yeah. to please every <laughs> single adult oh same yeah i definitely i think i would think that girl is probably freaking rock star like I don't even know I would she would probably just look at that girl and be like I want to be like her <laughs> yeah I, I would think she's so cool I don't know like doing her own thing yeah I think we'd be um, proud of ourselves I, yeah it's I I I even I feel proud right now actually talking about it because like thinking about it in that perspective it's like whoa if my if I was eight years old looking up at myself right now. I'd be like, like a round of applause. (laughs) Totally. And I feel like as an eight year old, like you think adults are cool, but you never realize like the possibilities. And I'm sure both of you as an eight year old would have like never imagined you would be running this like huge business. Yeah, for sure. So good job. Keep that energy with you throughout (laughs) the rest of the time. Okay. Last, I want to end because we can't be too serious about business, right? So I'm going to ask you people, and I want to know if you think they're hot or not. Okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay, so please be careful with how you answer, because you know who I like. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Justin Bieber. Um, oh. Yes, my first and true love. He was the reason for my sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that's so true. So Justin hot. Bieber is a yes all around. Yes. Okay, The Rock. Um, um he's like nurturing. I kind of like his I like mean, so- his gentleness. Even me, though he's like a big Courtney, I, I'm like 
not really into muscular people. I'm like scared of them. So <laughs> no, just because like he's he's a little too strong. For yeah, me. he's gonna be a no for me too. But he has a really me, he has a really good comfort uh, like a comforting smile. Yeah, he's awesome. But he's yeah, not. he has like a sexy dad vibe. Yeah, yeah well, in my opinion. Yeah. But I'm not usually into muscly guys either. But something about his nurturing smile, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Obama. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, honestly, Obama's really cute. I totally marry him. So, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I yeah, I would let him put a ring on my finger. So he's like sexy. Something about him like bawling as a president. I oh, know. Like, I sexy. agree. I don't know. I just think he's like. I love honestly. Like, I loved him and Biden. Like I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh yes. Yes. From from Lindsay. Um, but I have a reason for that. <laughs> like, he's definitely hot, like, yes, but he's not my type. I'm not really into, like, the blonde. So, yeah, so but I... he's amazing. Yeah, so I'm attracted to him because of his intelligence, but True. also he's a good-looking man. True. I feel like he's not really my type, but I can, like, respect, I feel like he yeah, has... Yeah, I can yeah. respect, like, he definitely is a good-looking man, yeah. but he's just not my for type. For me, it's more that I'm attracted gonna to be, his intelligence. It's gonna be a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Justin Timberlake. Um, yes, he's like, ner- like he has this like nerdy look to him, which is like kind of sexy. <laughs> I don't know. I, his, like the way his body is, it's not that strong. And <laughs> like that. Yeah, turns- I'm, I'm, attra- I'm attracted to him. Yeah. I mean, wow, him and Jessica Biel though are. <laughs> yeah, well, back off, Jessica Biel. <laughs> <laughs> Something about his hair gives me the creeps. Yeah, so yeah, I know you're right. The, the, the curly hair is what it is. Maybe if he had like different hair, like if he had like I don't know. Yeah, but I just like his like nerdy type of him and his frosted out. tips. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually I picture him with frosted tips no matter what the era is. I'm oh, always yeah. picturing him. Me with too, honestly. Okay, and we're gonna end with the most important one, LeBron James. I mean, he's kind of yours. But <laughs> you, you be careful with this. He's definitely attractive man he might be a little too tall and muscular for me true he would be like you would be the size of his arm I think yeah like the um, thing with yeah, me is probably. that I'm like really into people that are like like five nine is honestly fine with me five ten like they don't really need to be over six foot so <laughs> okay uh he's he might be a little too tall for me but that's that's a good looking, looking man <laughs> he is a good looking man Okay, well, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing all this. Where should people find you on social media and what's your website if they want to learn more? Well, you can find us on Instagram at graybandit, G-R-E-Y-B-I-N-D-I-T. <laughs> and um, you can find us at our webs. You can find out more information on our website at www.graybandit.com, gray with an E. <laughs> And I think that's it. If you need any help or you want to email us, you can email us at help at graybandit.com. And Diana will be more than happy to answer you. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Kinsey. We love you. We love you. How cool are the Grey Bandit girls? I seriously pinch myself every single time I talk to them because I'm like, how did I get to this place where I get to work with so many fearless boss babes who are literally using their brands to change the world? It is so freaking cool. Um, If you want to follow along with me and learn more about my life and my business, head over to Instagram. My handle is kinscoworld, K-I-N-Z-C-O-W-O-R-L-D. Um, leave a review, rate us. It's so appreciated. That's how we get in front of more eyes. If you ever have a topic you want me to talk about, any questions, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or head over to my website. It's kinscoworld.com and send me a message there. I'm creating this content literally for you and to help you have a successful business. So I want to make sure that I am delivering on that promise. Okay. Until next time.